0: hey hey what's up how you doing
1: i'm, I'm okay how are you
0: yeah uh, i'm doing well yeah you ready for some electric uh spookaloo
1: you mean pride 2 electric spookaloo
0: <laughs> <laughs> i do Im- do in fact mean pride 2 electric spookaloo
1: fucking ready for pride 2 electric spookaloo let's go yeah (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) pumpkins skeletons vampires ghosts yeah
0: (laughs) wow you you were i saw an explosion of energy
1: (laughs) i'm so ready for i'm so ready for halloween it's the one thing that i'm holding on to in this clusterfuck of a year and i need it i needed to stay halloween for several months
0: (laughs) that's why you start celebrating Uh, early
1: correct also, welcome to our Halloween episode, friends! woo Whoa! It's kind of accidentally our Halloween episode because we fucked up our schedule and now we're doing this one as our Halloween episode. But it thematically works out, so cool!
0: But it fits.
1: Yeah, we were like, oh, that works. Good thing we made this choice. And what choice was that, Alan? What is the tag for today?
0: Well, as everyone knows, this week is our alternate universe tag. And we have decided to go with vampires.
1: <laughs> Vampire awos. <laughs>
0: oh it would no, be no, that's a wolf
1: yeah it would have been better if that was a werewolf shit god damn it. all right well all right well it's next too year. late we've already sent the other fanfic <laughs> fanfic vampire au's I, I oh jesus christ
0: uh, <laughs> it's gonna be one of those
1: it's gonna be one of those it started i mean because we recorded the last episode and this episode in one day i'm just like all tongue-tied from the japanese that i can't pronounce <laughs> 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 whoops anyway vampires vampire Ooh. I love a vampire, Abu. Yeah. I do. It's I good. do, I do, I do. I think they can be really stupid, but boy, do they bring me joy.
0: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, I'm like, it has so much to do with the fact that there's, like, so many different vampire canons yeah. that you can pick and choose and, like, fucking Frankenstein monster your own.
1: Right. And, like, the vampire sort of, like, mythos here is, like, there's so much you can fuck with. Like... <laughs> Are you like an old school Dracula type of vampire mm-hmm. person? Are you a Twilight boo hiss person? Are all you all right. Let us calm <laughs> <fall> down. <laughs> uh, i I will never let you live it down. Are you like an Anne Rice like fuck you Anne Rice interview with a vampire kind of person? Like mm-hmm. do you like want to walk that line of potentially getting sued? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, there's so many, and then there's just like sort of like all of these things that you can play with and like stereotypes you like stereotypical sort of like goofball tropes to play with and you can take it really seriously or you can get really campy and like who doesn't love a vampire oh
0: I, I don't know i i love vampire a-us.
1: garlic bread garlic bread doesn't like vampire ows oh, that's a,
0: that's a bummer i love garlic
1: i love garlic garlic is a gift it is it is
0: that'd be the hardest thing about turning my life away to become a vampire
1: the garlic <laughs> yeah it wouldn't be the it, like also
0: it also depending on like what mythos because some vampires can eat garlic
1: yeah i mean sometimes people just decide that that's a dumb thing and they don't do it i think i would have a harder time with the like obligated to kill and drain the blood of people all the time thing that would be hard nah. <laughs> you're like it's fine some people do it. <laughs> i know of a few people <laughs> you're like, yeah but do you really want those people's blood
0: uh, no but i'll do it for the greater good
1: uh, all right <laughs> Mitch McConnell.
0: <laughs> yup, thinking a lot of. I was thinking yeah. about taking a stroll down to Pennsylvania. Half.
1: Yeah, you're like we're close to DC. Yeah. <laughs> we've got we've got options. Kentucky's not that far. Neither it's is true. South Carolina, Lindsey Graham.
0: <laughs> exactly. Let's
1: go to Brett Kavanaugh while we're at it. Let's just get all of those fuckers. Can't do it all at once. Why not?
0: But one by one. Man, this is... <laughs> we got- wow, we took a turn.
1: The FBI is listening to this podcast. There are one listener. And they're going to be like, you can't joke about this. And then, like, nerf us. <laughs> it's
0: true. So if this episode sounds like it's been, like, shredded all to pieces, you know yeah. why. With some, some
1: completely random voice comes in and is like, not political opposition needs to get it dried by blood or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's going to be redacted.
0: <laughs> redacted.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. But I said what I said. Anyway, moving on.
0: <laughs> moving on. So, Aaron, why don't you tell us what do you like in a vampire au?
1: I love a vampire au that... Straddles the line between camp and serious because I think vampires are inherently just like because of the nature of the trope, they are sort of inherently a little campy, a little silly, like it's easy to take them not seriously. What is cool is if someone can take this thing and integrate it into a story in a way that, like, is believable and you're on board with it and it doesn't feel hokey mm-hmm. while still sort of, like, leaning into th- and not, like, not downplaying it and basically, like, removing some of the, like, really joyous kind of, like, silly parts of being a vampire. Also, vampires are sexy, guys. <laughs> like,
0: fucking accurate. Like Accurate.
1: Who doesn't? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> like, well, I'm asexual. And I recognize yeah. this, friends. Uh. So, like, vampire au's are just, I mean, it's inherently a great little, like, romance fluff smut combo situation yeah
0: there's so much you can do with it it can
1: go a lot of places it can do a lot of things and i also think it can be really fun it can be a really fun way to like really just like mess with your characters Mm -hmm. especially like the further afield from vampire au your source material is i think it can get really fun really fast to be like what if these people were vampires how would that change their lives like Mm -hmm. let's talk about how like crazy that would be so yeah what about you
0: Uh, well it's interesting that you Like, hearing you talk about it, I don't ever think about the camp elements to it because I... Am a hard as we call ourselves. And um, I do okay, I love Twilight. Okay, mm-hmm. I have I I, <laughs> I wear my my badge of shame and in, in pride.
1: You wear the cone of shame.
0: <laughs> I do. And you know what? Midnight Sun was everything. Oh, if anyone <laughs> loves Twilight, read Midnight Sun. It's so fucking good. I need um, the
1: listeners at home to know that I fully cut twenty minutes of you talking about Midnight Sun out of a previous episode because I didn't want to hear it.
0: <laughs> well, too fucking bad because it's bad.
1: There was like a moment you would like went on and on and on about Midnight Sun, and I was like, I'm not gonna keep any of this in the episode, and I didn't.
0: Well, you know what? Now I'm just now out of spite. I'm just gonna I'm gonna rehash Midnight Sun, Chapter One. No. Oops, <laughs> no, but truly, Midnight Sun was great. Um, so I come from a place of like my, which also I I read like the Vampire Chronicles when I was too young. Mm-hmm. Well, I was like elementary, middle school.
1: Oh yeah, way but, too young. Jesus, much Ellen. too young. <laughs> <laughs> Were you so, even tall enough to reach that on the library shelf? Good God.
0: <laughs> we had small shelves. I don't know why. All the fiction, like, was tiny. Like, it was, oh my God. Like I could reach... Anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so I feel like I, I've i always had, like, the r- romantic angle of vampires. Like, yeah. that's what calls to me. And so I've never thought about it as campy, but you're right. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. Like, some of the things that they do is ridiculous. Yeah. So i i don't know that i look for anything specifically i'm always so fascinated with and you know what oh this is so funny i think this might be one a tag where i really enjoy the world building nice you know like i like to hear about the mythos i like to hear about how like how all the stereotypes fit like oh do you sleep at night like do you sleep in a coffin do you turn into a bat? do you eat garlic can you look yourself in the mirror i live for that shit from vampire, in
1: our lives it's not me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's true it's so true I,
0: mean, I hadn't even thought about it
1: incredible what a life we so live.
0: i i just i love when that's the thing when mm-hmm. you when those things are addressed or alluded to but i'm also not a picky person so like i'll read most vampire things
1: shade what the fuck shade <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a picky person like some people in this podcast
0: <laughs> I, I, hey you heard what you wanted to hear
1: that's true i just i was like yeah that's me <laughs> <laughs>
0: So uh, should we start with what I sent you?
1: Yeah, please, let's, because holy shit, did I have a good time with this fic. Uh, Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) So you sent me a Schitt's Creek fanfic that I knew existed. I knew that this fic existed because I'm in the tag, obviously, but I hadn't read it yet. So wow, what a delight this was. It's called Small Town Rumors on Archive of Our Own, written by Falcon Eggs. (laughs) One word. And of course, it's David Patrick but let me just read you the summary, friends. They own the town, Ray had explained. They lost everything a few years back due to a crooked business manager scamming them out of hundreds of millions of dollars. They live at the motel at the end of the road. They're vampires. He'd said that last part so casually and then moved on to the woman who owned the motel and then her entire family that Patrick wasn't entirely sure he'd heard Ray correctly. Or the AU where everything is the same except the roses are vampires. Also, the author's note says, and I quote, I don't have to explain myself for this. I have no explanation to give. <laughs> <laughs> and I live for that author's note. Not only can I not explain this, I don't want to. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> not true. gonna. And I was like, friend, you don't owe a shit. This is a gift that you've given the world. Oh my God, I'm so I'm so down for this, Vic. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh, what a delight. So the summary did... was really good it's an excerpt summary to an extent but also it has my favorite thing in fanfic which is like what i based our tagline on which is the or this other thing Mm -hmm. and i think that's when excerpt summaries can be really fun is when you take a little piece of it and then you're like or this is the story that's such a quintessential fanfiction thing it's it's the o of the summary world um (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah oh Oh, <laughs> but it's very much a fanfic thing. So the summer is really good. This is also we did short fix for each other this time around, which is like. I matched
0: you almost word for word I think because yeah. surprise surprise Erin immediately like almost always has her fix up before me and I am always like asking for weak extensions
1: yeah I mean that's <laughs> so this time I happened. was
0: like all right let's see how how many words she gave me and I was like okay and I'll try to approximate that
1: oh okay so that was intentional mm-hmm. so that's good this has like 11,000 ish words um, and it's one chapter right? mm-hmm. basically this story follows the earliest uh appearance of Patrick as we know it And it just basically peppers in the fact, (laughs) as John Mulaney would say, I will pepper in the fact that I am a vampire. (laughs) So Ray, it's like the very, the summary is the first sort of lines of the thing where Ray's like, yeah, they own the town. They lost everything. They're vampires. And Patrick is like, what? No, that can't be real. And just kind of like dismisses it. He talks to a lot of people who all say they're vampires. And Patrick's like, it's just a small town. That's something people say. And I'm like, Patrick, you dumb, beautiful man. That's not just a small town thing (laughs) but okay uh so david shows up to get his incorporation paperwork which is like exactly what happens in the show and they meet and it's very cute but there's just like these little tweaks where like right at the beginning patrick is like maybe david rose isn't a vampire but he is very interesting all the same and i was like this is incredible it jumps basically scene by scene through the show so i'm not gonna like go too much into like the plot of this but a couple of things that really stood out to me was david and alexis bickering all the time is really funny and they (laughs) have a tendency to like bicker about like historical things <laughs> which is funny and it happens like early on is like a little bit of a teaser and then it comes back later and throughout the moments like of the show that we see the author's really good about like underpinning them with this vampire au thing so like when patrick is debating whether or not he wants to go into business with david and like is questioning that. He's like, one of the lines is, he's not totally sure what's scariest, that he wants to go into business with someone, that he wants to kiss the stubbled lips of his prospective business partner, or that said partner is rumored to be a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's so, it's so well incorporated that it's just, like, it's it feels like it's part of the show, which is insane. Yep. That's nuts. Agreed. That's bananas. How did you do that? <laughs> I was so on board. And I was like, I should not be this on board with this. But I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it gets to opening the store which is a point of contention in the show that was like delightful that's like when they start heading towards having a relationship and it's like david freaks out and all that kind of stuff in this fic it's where david confirms that he is a vampire because up until now patrick has been like i don't know what's going on with this vampire thing i think it's kind of garbage but i'm not gonna ask because that's rude (laughs) (laughs) and david hasn't really said anything one way or the other so patrick says okay well what if we open the store on friday And David's like, uh, if we're going to do that, I need to, like, take a day or two before, you know. And Patrick's like, why? And David's like, well, if there's going to be, like, a ton of people in the store, I should go hunt because I don't want to literally kill our customer base. (laughs) And Patrick's like, what? (laughs) Like, deer? (laughs) Like, hunting deer? And David's like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know? I wasn't hiding it. (laughs) (laughs) he's like you had to know you worked for Ray you lived with Ray what's going on and Patrick's like oh wait that's legit like I thought that was just some weird small town rumor and David's like wait you just assumed that was a small town rumor (laughs) yeah that's not a rumor (laughs) like I need to go eat people if I'm gonna do this like that's crazy and it was just really funny and there's like this really sassafras moment where David's like Well, it's actually kind of nice of you that someone said, oh, they're vampires. And your first thought was, well, that seems weird. And then you didn't ask about it. (laughs) That's like super nice of you. And Patrick is like, because David says, most people hear about it and ask if we can turn into bats or if we sleep in coffins. And you just ignored it and went into business with me. That's nice. And Patrick went, can you? And David says, Can I what? And Patrick says, Turn into a bat. (laughs) And David just like looks at him with like a withering stare. And I was like, This author understands this show to a T. Holy shit. This is so funny. And then, as we were talking about before, David sort of debunks a lot of the myths of vampires and is like, Obviously I can go out in the sunlight. I love garlic. Almost all of it is stupid myths. And Patrick was like, Well, Wait, you're not... Wait, does that mean you have super strength? Because you make me move all the boxes, and that's bullshit. (laughs) And David's like, yeah... I just, I, they're just like really sassafras to each other in like a way that they are in the show. And it's fantastic. And Patrick's like, nah, I'm okay, cool. And David's like, are you sure you, are you okay with this really? And Patrick's like, that's yeah, fine. Like, it's cool. I'm not going to go anywhere, but you should probably go hunt for a couple of days if that's a thing that you need to do. And David's like, okay. And Patrick's like, where are you going to do that? But David's like far away from here. And Patrick's like, dope. So it works out. So uh, David goes and hunts some people and he drinks a lot of blood. It comes back and it's apparently glowing when he returns, (laughs) which like legit. And then, oh, they decide on the soft opening, which happened in the show. And then it skips ahead to David's birthday, Mm -hmm. which again in the show is when they actually get together. And it basically goes exactly the same. (laughs) The one thing that I really, really loved was in the show, Patrick is like it's your birthday? Well, happy birthday. Now, how old are we? And David gives him the deadliest of withering <laughs> stares. And he's just like, never mind. But in this context, <laughs> it's hilarious because David is an ancient vampire. <laughs> and it was the greatest use of canon I had experienced in a long time. I just wrote, lolol, what a good use of canon. <laughs> I also wrote, are we just going to casually gloss over the fact that David just killed a bunch of people? <laughs> And then we did. And I was like, all right, cool. I also had a moment of like, okay, so David being that old is cool, but raises a lot of questions for me that I doubt are going to get resolved. And also, why haven't I read any old guard fanfic yet? Mm. Uh, (laughs) Because it's like the same question of like, what does it mean to be immortal and to like exist from like the dawn of time? Interesting. This fic does not get into those details and it's not interested (laughs) in them. And like, that's fine. I just had that moment of like, wait a minute, like somebody being that old, like that is that is a thing that like you could write a whole thing about mm-hmm. and then they go for birthday dinner and you know patrick basically keeps trying to like guess how old he is and it comes out that he's like probably from like the 10th century or earlier but also that the roses are actually like biological family like they were turned together or whatever so confirming that like they were human ones and then they turned into vampires which is fun mm-hmm. it's a fun backstory i didn't ask any other questions because i was just so delighted by All of that. (laughs) And then they have their date and it happens exactly as the thing. And then an interesting thing happens with the Rachel. Rachel shows up as she does in the show. But instead of going through that, this is the first time that there's like a real divergence from what happens on screen in the show. Rachel and Patrick are talking. And Patrick is, like, talking about – ranting about feelings and whatever. And Rachel's, like – it says that Rachel knows that Patrick is in love with David. And she basically says, I won't tell your parents about your boyfriend or that you're dating a vampire. And I was, like, why is Rachel so chill about this? (laughs) (laughs) Why is no one freaked out about this fucking vampire situation? That was my large question was, like, okay – but i also was kind of okay with it because in the show a lot of bizarre shit happens in schitt's creek and no one questions it so then i was like wait that's kind of in in character for the show but like rachel went and it's fine and then uh they do the you're simply the best song and it's adorable or they allude to it they don't really go through it um there's a moment where david almost loses control with patrick and almost bites him and freaks out which is like quintessential vampire oh
0: quintessential
1: yeah that's like a very standard thing and david's like how are you not afraid of me and patrick is like should i be i'm like not <laughs> whatever and david's like i don't know if that's a good idea i think you should actually probably be a little scared of me yeah and patrick's like that's yeah, fine i trust you if it's <laughs> like okay i guess and they end up having a very sweet conversation about David hasn't gone hunting in a while. And Patrick's like, why have you not gone hunting? That's dumb. And David's like, I don't want to miss anything. And Patrick's like, you're not going to miss anything. It's shit's Creek. Nothing happens. And David's like, no, I don't want to miss anything with you. Like, human lives are so short in comparison to mine that, like, I don't want to miss a second of yours. <laughs> and that's, I was like, holy shit. Um, and so it did kind of, like, after that initial, like, I have questions about how this, question of david being so old is going to play into this like it did have some impact on the rest of the story which i thought was cool Mm -hmm. so i was pretty grateful for that loop back into that question and felt that that was like a really solid through line heading back in and then they have a dinner party (laughs) where the david and alexis bickering is front and center and they spend the whole time talking about how alexis and david and their parents have meddled in every major world event throughout history and it's all their fault and it's so funny because in the show alexis is always talking about like well that time that i got kidnapped by that cheek and like got locked in a basement and like wherever <laughs> and like <laughs> you just had to send me like fake contacts and passports so i could escape that like south american cartel or like whatever it was it was always something crazy and like changing that into her like having a tryst with genghis khan before he was genghis khan is so fucking funny <laughs> David being the third wheel with like King Richard and uh, King Philip. (laughs) And it's just super, super funny. And then it was like, well, yeah, our parents kind of inadvertently started World War One because they were involved with that whole Ferdinand thing. And it was just like, what? (laughs) And it was so funny. And like, again, with the camp, it was like that perfect line of like, this fits so well with the world of the show. And I totally believe it. And it's so in line with the characters. But it's so fucking funny. (laughs) And it's so campy. And it's so on trope that like, it was just... Oh, that was my favorite scene. I like screamed the whole time. And then skipping ahead, they have a conversation that I think often happens in human vampire AUs of, well, one of us is going to die. And that's not cool. Like, that's not great. Because I'm mortal. <laughs>
0: one of us is going to, the human one of us Correct. will perish. Will perish
1: eventually. <laughs> like, we'll grow old. And this is after the proposal, and David is up and, like, kind of freaking out. Patrick wakes up and realizes that David is up and stressed and is, like, what's going on? And David is, like, I'm just thinking about stuff. And Patrick is, like, well, I know what you're thinking about. And, like, I also don't want to grow old and, like, die while you stay the same. And I asked you to spend our lives together, and I meant forever. So they have a conversation about turning Patrick, which is i think is great Mm -hmm. and that's the only part of the story where like some of the vampire lore gets a little bit like more involved in the story so they talk about having to go to ground and like be buried together and like sires and that whole thing and frankly like i can always kind of do without that stuff i just kind of it's kind of like um Wow. spy a use for me where i'm like i don't really need the mechanics of this <laughs> like, wow yeah
0: so different wow i
1: know we are like very opposite on this today and it's opposite day apparently so they uh so patrick they have a conversation about it and like david recounts a little bit of like what he went through when he was turned but he was also like it's so long ago that i don't really remember what it's like to be human but they don't they don't like agree to do anything they just are like okay we should go to sleep and like this is something that will happen eventually. And then the last little vignette is seven years after they get married. Patrick is like, I'm ready for this to happen. And I loved that they waited. Because, spoilers, this hap- This exact conversation happens in the fic I sent you to. And I do really love when they have to navigate, like, do you actually want to do this? This is This isn't like... <laughs> this is marriage plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not, do you want to marry me for 50 years? This is, do you want to spend eternity together do you want me to kill you and physically change you into a different immortal bloodthirsty thing and then
0: where you watch all your family and friends die
1: right and then be together forever and ever and ever unless i like stake you i guess which would suck (laughs) so i love that they had that conversation i like it when they wait and they have the serious thing and then they start to talk patrick's like no i'm i i yeah this is happening so they kind of talk through like what they're going to do and like you know my parents have been basically digging a grave behind the motel for a while so like let's do this Mm. and patrick nods is the last thing that happens in this fic and like you get the sense that like they are going to move forward and be together forever and they're perfect and i love them i love that i love all the nods to the show this is the thing that gets me is like how the nods to the show fit into this story i have exactly one complaint okay (laughs) in the end vignette when they are going to turn patrick uh-huh. They say that David wears the same clothes that he wore when he was turned in the pre 10th century. Textiles don't survive that long. Oh my God. It's just God. not realistic. Oh
0: my realistic. God.
1: Yep. I cannot I believe was like, you. This has taken me out of the moment. No, it hasn't. I was just like, okay, as somebody who does textiles, that wouldn't work. <laughs> like, I don't care how good you are at maintaining your clothes, David Rose. You are not salvaging textiles from, like, Thousands of years ago. Other than that, this was delightful
0: and I have no complaints. <laughs> I hate you. I, I absolutely I love hate it.
1: you. I love it. I had a great time. This was a gift. Thank you for finally getting me to read this. Mm-hmm. I have nothing else to say except that this was a full-on delight and a joy in my life. Yay. And I, And then my last note is, all caps, there's a sequel! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I clearly was very excited about this.
0: So <clears throat> okay I sent you this because someone has finally seen All of Shit's Creek and <gasps> that being me
1: incredible for a half a second i thought you were gonna say you wrote this and i was gonna flip my fucking shit god i
0: wish are you kidding me <laughs> i was like Oof.
1: wait wait is this the mo-? and then i was like wait a minute no 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 no, no.
0: And what did that happen <laughs> damn it well no I, i'm not angry i would never have would never have been able to achieve this
1: but um, i did have that moment of like is this the moment and then i was like i'll be so pissed and because i laid my cards out on that last episode no but oh my god you've seen it you've seen it you've seen it Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: i finally listeners it's happened I have, <sighs> it. I have seen it i have seen it and I cried of course the whole time of course you did and I am I love it it's literally my favorite show right under the golden girls and I've loved <gasps> the golden girls for so long that it's like hard to like you Y'all have that, no idea how it big is, that like, is. Right no underneath. idea
1: how big that is for Elon.
0: I fucking love Shits Creek. This was the hardest secret to keep from your Aaron. It was like, I've, I saw this like a month and a half ago. Oh my God. And I've been sitting on this for a month and a half because I was like, the next time we do this, I'm going to reveal that I have done it by sh- sending her a Shits Creek fic. Then I was like, I, it had been so long that I hadn't even looked at what our tags were. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are the tags? What Shits Creek fic do I need to find? The first one being proposal. And I was like, well, I'm SOL because the show already has the world's most perfect proposal and I cannot correct take that from it. Correct. So I was like, damn, I'm going to have to hope that there's a vampire Shit's Creek <laughs> fic. And when I put in those parameters on AO3, this was the only the one only that one. came yeah. out. And I was like, please be good. Please be good. Oh God, please be delightful. good. And then I read it and I was like, oh, my God, this is excellent.
1: It's delightful.
0: Yeah. I uh, For all the same points that you made was like, it reads literally like the show. Like, it's the show with vampire lore peppered in. Yep. It's so good. Oh, my God. Good.
1: It's so good. I'm, okay. But like, who's your favorite character on Shit's Creek now?
0: Oh my god. Um
1: there is a correct answer.
0: Is there? Yeah. Oh man. No, I'm kidding. There uh, isn't a correct okay. answer. I just have I mean a I favorite. was gonna say, like we I had this discussion with my roommates earlier, like literally you could say any character yeah. except maybe Johnny. Johnny's fine. But yeah. like if he's your favorite character, that's a to stretch. Yeah, um, I have questions. Uh probably Alexis. I think she's so funny.
1: That's not who I thought you were gonna pick.
0: Who'd you think? Moira? Moira. Which uh, yeah. I mean I just feel like I feel like I'm uh, excuse
1: I am... me, uh, Emmy winner Catherine O'Hara?
0: Oh, my, okay. So first, hang on, hang on. Uh,
1: <laughs> too many threads. Too many threads.
0: I feel like I am very much a mixture of David and Moira. So to me, I was oh, like, yeah. it feels a little hypocritical to say yeah. Moira and David, which yeah. is accurate. But I mean, like Alexis, la 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 la, a little bit Alexis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> God, I love Alexis. I love her so much. Also, Emmy winner. Annie Emmy Murphy. winning Annie Murphy. <laughs> oh my God. Annie Murphy is a gift. It takes someone absolutely brilliant to play someone like that.
0: Agreed. Like Oh, my God. Every line she delivers is, like... Goals. spot on so i as you've mentioned emmy I I, I I told my roommates i was like i feel like i'm magic <laughs> and they're like
1: why <laughs> i was like
0: listen to me like, hang on i was like here mm-hmm. so the oscars i love parasite and i was like parasite should win everything and that was the one i had on my ballot i was like mm-hmm. parasite is the most deserving film of the entire year and fuck the oscars because they're not going to do it because they fucking award movies like the green book from last year, which was garbage.
1: We don't have, and let's not talk about La La Land, okay? <laughs>
0: oh, true. Which didn't win, thankfully, but um. yeah.
1: Oh, that was a fun debacle. Remember when that was the most shocking thing that had happened in a while? I do, Simpler times. I
0: <laughs> so when Parasite swept the Oscars and made history as the first non-English film to win Best Picture, mm-hmm. I was through the roof. I was yep. screaming from the rooftop and I was so elated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this is amazing. Cut to the Emmys. Schitt's Creek, shortly after I watched and loved the whole thing, sweeps. I'm just saying I have a little <laughs> a little magic.
1: Have you seen the Tumblr post going around about there are X-Men among us. They just have somewhat like deeply inconsequential powers that are like so specific that they almost don't matter. Yes. (laughs) Your X-Men mutation is being able to like influence award shows.
0: (laughs) With my love.
1: With your love of shows. Which is hilarious. I love that post. And also everything you just said is, like, very valid and true. And I don't mean to derail all of your very real no. points about how great that show is. But also, like, I love, like, the video of that girl who just, like, touches electronics and the fire alarm goes off. Like, that shit. <laughs> oh, my God. But <laughs> That's anyways. you.
0: Besides the point, Schitt's Creek is incredible. And I mm-hmm. one of the things that I loved about it was I, I love how how safe and warm it is. Uh-huh. It's like, the stakes are never high. Yep. You know, and I, there's a lot of comedies. I think of, like, The Friends. I think of, like, How I Met Your Mother's. Mm-hmm. Shows where, like, really, like, awkward things happen for the sake of comedy. Or, like, really things that give me anxiety to watch for the sake of comedy mm-hmm. happen. And the entire time, I'm just stressing about how that's going to be resolved. And Schitt's Creek has a lot of really outlandish things happen in it. Mm-hmm. But it never, ever raises the stakes to make you feel anxious. It never makes yep. you feel, like... Like, oh, I am unsafe. Like, something is, not like, uh, I'm scared about what's going to happen. Because you know it's going to be resolved. Yep. And it is. And it's so warm. And it's so loving.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and it is the show of 2020. Long live Shits Creek. End of rant.
1: Oh, I agree. And, like, just to tack on that, they somehow managed to go through many, many serious and important things while keeping it funny. There's a whole coming out episode with Patrick and, like... It's very serious and it's very well done. And, like, the sort of like core of that is always like, you come out on your own time and I'm here to support you. But it's hilarious because David has just like completely fucked up <laughs> and he spends the whole time being like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, which is like hilarious. And it's so funny <laughs> and it's such a serious thing to like go through. But it still managed to have this like levity and joy. While still taking the thing seriously. And that is hard to do well. Because for any other show, that would have been a very special episode. And it would have had this tone of like, Mm -hmm. and then Patrick like has to come out to his parents. But like, it was just so woven into like the fabric of the joy of the show. That like, it didn't become the very special episode. It just was another hilarious sort of mishap in their day-to-day lives. But without being like... Overly blase about it, like they didn't not take it seriously. They just made it funny, yeah. And that is, oh my god, Dan exactly. Levy deserves every award that he gets for the writing of that show. All of them. the cast deserves every award they got for like bringing that show to life. All of them. that show deserves everything it gets. Dan Levy, please come on this podcast.
0: <laughs> Dan Levy, please, I beg mostly so you. we can
1: just like gush for a while. Like that's all we're really here for. And like, who doesn't want? And I can cry. Oh, maybe not. I was gonna say, who doesn't want to like fans just like being like you're amazing for like an hour? But that could get. Weird. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, didn't leave it. B- and then we can Contact. get married afterwards. I didn't say that. <laughs> I did. Okay.
0: Anyway, that being said, um, going back to this fic, I loved it. Yep. I did read half of the sequel, and I would gently nudge you to not
1: oh, okay <laughs> the sequel.
0: Because I'm very curious, and I I love vampire I I love a vampire story where A person has just turned, and they're like, it's new vampires, so see how they react, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So Patrick is turned, Mm -hmm. and it's like him waking up, and then they have to go hunting, and they go hunting, and we see it happen.
1: Oh. (laughs) There's
0: a part of me that thinks that it goes against kind of everything we just talked about, feeling safe and feeling like Mm -hmm. there's joy and levity. It feels almost too blasé the way that they handle human life Mm -hmm. and oftentimes and i this was interesting to me because it's the first time in a long time that i've had to think about this is a dumb statement um it's the first time in a long time i've had to like search within myself to find out what my morality would be as a vampire oh my god very serious question (laughs) oh my god
1: um i love because... you so much i just need everyone to know that this man is perfect and Thomas. i love him and you all should love him because he's a gift and none of us deserve him
0: <laughs> thank you but, uh, <laughs> i cannot accept compliments um anyway <laughs> <laughs> so because you think of like twilight and twilight uh you know did the whole vegetarian animal blood route did they um, i didn't read they did yes and then like there's other a lot of other vampire canon that does Mm -hmm. you take a little bit from a human or you look for bad people and you only eat the bad people you know you're bettering the world by but this the the sequel to this did not go that route Mm -hmm. literally they went they they found like a national park they found two campers and they uh they ate
1: oh that's not good i like camping
0: (laughs) it was also it was also a thing of it was two male like it was a gay couple
1: And I was like Mm.
0: yike Okay I don't know that this was dealt with yeah. In the, in the most sensitive of ways. And I also think that this fic was so successful because the person was able to integrate the canon of Shit's Creek uh-huh. into the, their vampire canon. Yeah. Beautifully. And the next series, like, abandons the, the Shit. Creek canon. It's
1: fully separate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Luckily, we're not judging that one. And yeah. there was a part of me that was really scared that you were you were going to read the sequel and it was going to mar your image of the first one. Oh. But I would say, I don't know that you would want to. That's my content warning. Okay. Because that there's that scene that, is a, to me, was a little like. Distressing.
1: That's fascinating, but perhaps a conversation for a different day. Yeah. Because yeah. like we're really here to talk about this one that was thoroughly really enjoyable. But yeah, that's good to know. So thank you for that warning. I love content warnings. Everyone should just have content warnings all the time.
0: It's wonderful. They're so good. So that brings us to what you rate this.
1: Yeah. I would give this a 4.3 out of 5. Okay. Mm, no, it's a 4.5. <laughs>
0: okay, I'll take it. The reason
1: I did... A little bit less is mostly because a lot of what this is is a direct retelling, retelling yeah. of the show. So heard. there's, it's, I was like, there's a tiny bit of unfairness to giving a ton of credit to somebody who basically is transcribing what happened on screen and then tweaking it. There's mm-hmm. incredible creativity in that and there's value in that and I'm not knocking it at all. Right. But it's not the same as like somebody creating an entirely new AU from scratch and not doing that. So that's mm-hmm. where that half point comes off. But this was so it. delightful. I had such a good time. I'm not gonna make the sequel now. <laughs> like I'm just gonna <laughs> let this live. For once in our friendship, I am the one who doesn't know all of the extra context.
0: <laughs> I know, wow. And I
1: don't have it coloring my, This is is like such a flipsy dipsy, full of surprises yeah a little like opposite day situation yeah so on that note
0: on that note
1: <laughs> shall we go to the fic that i sent you which is a true return to form now isn't it <laughs> we're back it has been zero episodes y'all <laughs> we are
0: back in the magicians fandom with our dear old friend Quelliot. Mm-hmm. this is a fic called Darkness, Welcoming, by Portrait of Emmy.
1: As per fucking usual, right?
0: <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it's on Archive of Our Own, uh-huh. and the summary reads, Quentin Coldwater has always suspected there is more to the world than meets the eye, but when he stumbles into a vampire club, the course of his life will be altered forever.
1: Which, yeah. Yeah.
0: It, does, it gets the job done, you know? like
1: It's not an inaccurate summary. <laughs>
0: it's not. To me, it reads a little, like, nail on the coffin, like... I, I almost felt like it was going to be darker than it was because of the of the, mm-hmm. like I like oh he was accidentally bitten and now he has to learn how to be a vampire but it was not that if I read yeah. the fucking if I read the tags I would have but I don't like to read the tags before the the thing the
1: point of the tag is that you are supposed to read them first
0: I would have thought that the the tags were for for people looking for those things you know cuz if you're if that was looking for like uh blood drinking, you know if I was looking vampires with consent practices i could type that in look for that tag and then i could have a, my pick of the list well
1: yeah but i mean the other thing about tags is that talking about content warnings more seriously they're a way of being really clear about what you are going to walk into so the tags are the way that most people communicate triggering content as well as just sort of like in general what the thing is about to be and i find the tags extremely helpful to read first because it makes sure that you're not reading something that you're like even if it's not something that's going to outright trigger me like Mm -hmm. something that will squick me or something that i'm just like not feeling right now like i always read the tags first
0: that's a good practice to have probably Mm -hmm. but uh, one that i don't follow i find that i i'm not gonna say i don't get triggered but i feel that i am if I if I'm walking, let's pretend I'm walking down this path of fan fiction like <laughs> la 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 la, and the sky starts to darken, and I see like the trees have no leaves, there's thorns coming out of the ground. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I U-turn and I run out.
1: <laughs> this is a Hosier song, but it gets real dark.
0: <laughs> Hosier, can you write a song about me reading fan fiction? I
1: okay, I should have tagged Hosier in that Twitter post. Damn, true. I love Go Hosier. back and at him. Bogman, Bogman, please come on our podcast
0: <laughs> and marry me.
1: Uh, could you marry me? Because then I, I could go to you. Ireland. All
0: right. I want either Dan Levy or Hosier to marry me.
1: Yeah.
0: And you want either Hale Appleman or Hosier. Yes. So whichever one, we'll see how the chips fall.
1: <laughs> it's like the Venn diagram of who we will marry. And Hosier <laughs> is in the middle.
0: <laughs> I love that. Uh,
1: if you cross Dan Levy and Hale Appleman, do you get Hosier? No. No. That's not how that works.
0: <laughs> it's not. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but one, back to talk about content warning. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Pretty really good uh, about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, She puts the note, on, on the notes so, like, explains the content warning, which is nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was going to be darker than it was. It wasn't. Um, the story starts with Quentin going to a vampire nightclub, essentially, mm-hmm. um, because he heard about it on the internet, and he wanted to know if it's if it's true. You know, curiosity killed the cat and all of that.
1: Remember a time in our lives when we could, like, read about a thing on the internet and then just, like, go? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh no i'm sad i'm sorry <laughs> that's okay um so it goes to this nightclub to find out you know are vampires real short answer yes <laughs> they are very real and basically a lot of humans come and a lot of vampires come as well humans get like a certain sexual satisfaction out of being bitten damn straight. So you see all the yep so all the <laughs> All these humans with, like, wide-necked tops and, like, sleeveless shirts and, like, bearing as much skin as possible. Uh, They're called blood junkies. So that's a, you know, (laughs) good term for them. So Quentin is at this place and he's like, whoa, what is happening? And basically, non-consensually gets bitten by this new, barely-turned vampire, which should not have been left unattended at this club. So this vampire doesn't understand that you have to let go at some point. Yeah. (laughs) Because oh that's the other thing is like this is all consensual you know like the human vampire link is like you know vampires take a little bit and like from one human and take a little bit from a different human and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, But this vampire does not know that rule yet. (laughs) And so he's draining Quentin quite quickly. He's getting dizzy and he's like well goodbye cruel world. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well (laughs) so as it goes.
0: Uh, Next thing he he knows he wakes up and he's in like a nice room that has like a bunch of candles and he expects his neck to be like gouged open because he felt like the fangs being ripped off of him mm-hmm. right before passing out uh elliot walks in and he's like here i got you some gatorade
1: <laughs> and quentin's like what the fuck
0: <laughs> what is happening and he's like oh you're a vampire and basically starts asking him a bunch of questions and he asks like oh how long have i been out and he's like oh about 20 elliot says about 24 hours and then quentin asks oh do you know where my phone is and elliot says yeah i charged it and like his quentin's phone is sitting on the bedside table <laughs> quentin asks vampires have iphones <laughs> Elliot says, "Some of us do," and then leans in conspiratorially to say, "Some have androids, but that's a bit of a taboo," <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> which is
0: hilarious. Quentin does not immediately un- immediately understand. Yeah,
1: well, he uh, lost a lot of blood.
0: <laughs> that's is true. He's
1: very confused. Um, he had
0: not finished the Gatorade. Yeah,
1: not ready for jokes yet, Elliot.
0: <laughs> true.
1: However, it was very. So scary. they have very that
0: scary. moment. Uh, he drinks half of the Gatorade and then goes back to bed, and then. When he next wakes up, Elliot comes and sits on the bed and basically gives Quentin free reign to ask anything he wants. Mm -hmm. So he asks a lot of the like, standard, like, how how old are you? Which is, you know, always the first question. How old are you? Just one of these Uh, times I want the
1: vampire (laughs) to be like, so I'm 32.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I actually turned a year ago. It's pretty tricky. I'm
1: pretty new. I don't really know what's going on.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of great TikToks about that. Like people role playing that. And so Ellie, Elliot says, I was born in the year 1846 and became as I am now in 1873. So either I'm 28 years old or 174. Yeah. <laughs> my vanity would prefer the former, but my guess is that's not what you were after, <laughs> which is fair. And I, I, I love it when they're straightforward and it's not like a long time, you know, because yeah. it's like, Ugh, who's bo- that's boring. Come on. So Quentin asks about like being a vampire and who made him and Elliot's like, oh, I have a sire, but no one knows who it is. Do you know who it is?
1: So... Uh, the way that it's framed, I have a guess as to who it would be, mm-hmm. but it's never explicitly said. I assumed because of how sort of unwilling to explain it they are, that it might be the beast. Oh. And I was like, okay, that would be like my guess because they're all just, they talked, I don't know. It's like sort of talked about, like, it's, it talks around it won't own up to it and kind of has like a little bit of a disparaging Sort of, like, thing. But then it also could be someone like Dean Fogg, who, because, like, he's the head of, like, Bowls and they're the physical kids. So, like, they used to live on this mansion or whatever, and now they have the cottage, comparatively. Uh... So then I was like, could it be Dean Fogg? So there's no clarity on who it is, and I bet Portrait of Emmy has, like, an idea of who it was in her head, but it's not explicitly stated. So I was just guessing. I, I leaned into the beast in my brain first.
0: Portrait of Emmy, who is it? <laughs> i know you listen <laughs>
1: yeah yeah you do you're <laughs> a good egg yeah. um
0: okay so that happens and then they have the conversation uh which did not happen in the Shit's creek one where I was like oh you know why he asked like why did you leave your sire or why did you leave this other place you were at and quentin says well because we didn't want to kill humans yep. you know elliot you mean yeah it's still like a delicate thing amongst s- vampire society apparently that some don't think they should h- hold regard for human life um and Fenton makes it explicitly clear that, you know, he only bites people when consent is given, mm-hmm. which is going to paint the picture for the rest of the fic, for mm-hmm. Elliot, at least.
1: Everything Portrait of Emmy writes centers on enthusiastic consent, which that's what I read. That's what I like. That's what I want. So <laughs> it's just now about vampires <laughs> instead <laughs> of like blowjobs. <laughs> sure. Accurate. So, I mean, it's about vampires and blood. <laughs> but we haven't gotten there yet
0: true so then they talk about how they feed which is uh they if they drink enough human blood they can sustain themselves for like a week or two weeks at a time whereas penny uh in this route has take decided to take the vegetarian route and drinks cow and pig blood but needs to be eaten more often than human blood which i thought was a really cool detail and i was like oh Mm -hmm. that's that's good to know yep uh and elliot reveals he hadn't he didn't get to finish eating because he had to save quentin and quentin's like oh my bad (laughs) sorry (laughs) sorry about that and we also established that when elliot is not fed he becomes cold and colder to the touch so like human human blood is what makes him warm makes him a human temperature after all these questions quentin's like so uh what happens now are you gonna kill me or something what's the deal (laughs) he's like no drink this bottle of blue gatorade get some more sleep and then you leave right and quentin's like oh okay And then they, they, they spend hours talking apparently until quentin passes out because he's so tired so uh, Quentin goes home uh and he's not been missed (laughs) or like in the few days that he was with Elliot he was not missed by Julia because Julia is off with James um or is studying because they're both in school Mm -hmm. and and so Quentin starts frequenting this cafe across the street from the vampire club uh, for the first scene because he wants to see Elliot but didn't ask for a number or anything and so he's taken to studying there every day um, he's been doing that for about a week mm-hmm. before he sees Elliot walking in. And he's like, all right, here I go. <laughs> Fucking oh, <laughs> our soft, foolish boy.
1: Yeah. We love Quentin, but he doesn't make good choices.
0: <laughs> and you know what? Relatable.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair.
0: So Quentin goes uh, goes into the club, realizes that, and is like, oh, I this is triggering. <laughs> he's like, uh, yeah. I don't like this feeling. Uh, looks around, finds Elliot and Margot feasting on a a, a male human and Quentin is like aroused essentially like whoa that's hot which honestly relatable <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're like yep mm-hmm.
0: accurate checks out mm-hmm.
1: again the fact that we have not yet seen Hale Appleman in a period piece is criminal
0: someone cast Hale Appleman
1: put him in a floofy shirt I want it now
0: <laughs> and then take him out of the floofy shirt I want it now
1: <laughs> we have different impulses on like why we want the shirt but like, this is true. <laughs> and we're back to our normal selves
0: <laughs> and we're back so Elliot looks up, makes eye contact with Quentin, and then comes and basically like drops the email. He's like, oh, there you go. <laughs> and goes to Quentin. And Margo's like, you need to eat, sir. Yeah. And Ellie's like, I will do it. I promise. I'm just going to walk him out. And so they walk out, and they go to the cafe across the street to grab a latte, and then they're walking around in a park. And you know Quentin is asking questions. They talk about garlic, which oh, in this fic apparently it's not that they can't eat garlic; it's that garlic just tastes really awful to vampires.
1: It's the cilantro of vampires. Yes,
0: exactly what I was going to say. It's the cilantro. Which <laughs> Sorry, makes me I stole sad. your joke. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Uh, you you delivered it exactly how I would have.
1: Yep, I really want garlic bread now. <sighs>
0: Same. So, then they talk a bit more about, like, Elliot's experiences and why he, whether or not he wanted to be transformed, and Elliot reveals that it was very painful. They even talk about him picking his name, which is that a canon thing.
1: It might be a book thing. I don't know... So definitely Wah like the whole Brideshead Revisited connection is a thing that happens just like that's that's a book choice made by Liv Grossman. Mm. A fanon interpretation of that very often comes from early on in the series. Elliot talks about having created himself from nothing and like creating Elliot Wah is like the greatest project of his life. So people have taken that even more literally in certain fanon interpretations to mean that he literally like changed his name Oh wow. and like became a new person. Actually, there's a lot of really interesting fix where they take that as like a trans allegory or just oh, a trans wow. story yeah. about truly just like creating Elliot Waugh awesome. the person. So you can interpret it a lot of different ways. As far as I'm aware, I haven't read the books, but in the series, his name is actually Elliot Waugh. Gotcha. But it is definitely a fan and thing to play with that.
0: Nice. Thank you. Yeah. So then the big points, uh, the big point of this conversation, while they're still outside with their lattes, is that Quentin is curious about what having a vampire feed on you is like, mm-hmm. and basically because he wants that D. So <laughs> Elliot. Um,
1: it took me a minute to figure out what you just said. I know. That's
0: why I, I like that your face was, she's not getting it now. And I get moving.
1: <laughs> I didn't get it. And then I went, oh, wait, that's what he just yep. said. And then I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um,
0: and so elliot says like you know it's pleasurable for both the vampire and the human if it's done right and quentin says would you show me and elliot's like yes but in a few days you need to like regain your like blood you were attacked not too long ago you need to eat right and all this stuff (laughs)
1: yeah and also he says a thing too and i don't know if you were about to say this but he says i haven't eaten much so i don't want to risk losing control with you Mm, because i'm hungry right right enthusiastic consent Again, super important. What I was
0: about to say is that they make a really fun callback to the. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Quentin is like, well, how, how do I find you? And elliot's is like, well, I don't know if you've heard this, but some vampires have iPhones. <laughs> <It's>
1: so funny. <laughs> and Quentin's like, ah, yes, I've heard everywhere. <laughs> so
0: cute. And so they exchange numbers. So then this is where Quentin asks if he can have a kiss, and they kiss, and it's lovely. But Elliot is cold. So Quentin walks him back to the club to feed, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Two nights later. They've been texting every night. So Quentin comes over and meets Margot and Katie, and both of them are like, hey, 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 like waggling their eyebrows essentially. And then Quentin and Elliot eventually saves him, and they go up to Elliot's bedroom.
1: Wait a minute, we have to talk about <laughs> we have to talk about this line, okay. which is so funny. Which is the other woman who has a wild mane of brown curls is dressed so comfortably in jeans and a flannel, blah blah blah, that uh, Quentin's brain struggles for a moment to connect casual butch and vampire, <laughs> but she's got that sharp predator grin too, looking him up and down like he's. Well, a snack? (laughs) He's not a snack, except maybe he literally is. (laughs) And that's hilarious. Also, there was one time when Hale Appelman did a live Instagram thing and everybody was like, you're a snack. And he was like, I'm a snack? And he was so excited to be called a snack.
0: Yes. And then
1: somebody was like, you're a whole meal. And he was like, I'm a whole meal.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And then later in the episode, he was like, I don't know. Are you guys like, okay, am I still your daddy? Like, what's happening?
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it.
1: <laughs> so this moment reminded me of that conversation that Hale Appelman really had with like his Instagram feed. which was <laughs> hilarious. I'm not creepy.
0: Not oh at all. Odd.
1: I know too much. So they go up to
0: Elliot's bedroom and they have some more talk about consent mm-hmm. and like Elliot asking, "Are you sure?" And Quentin is like, "Yep." And Elliot, uh, I, I loved this. Elliot says, "You know, you don't owe me anything for saving your life," and Quentin is like, "Oh,
1: <laughs> hadn't thought about that."
0: <laughs> yeah, which also same. I had not that possibility never crossed my mind, but of course, this is told from. Uh, Quentin's per- perspective mostly so it makes sense Yep. so then they get they get it on and Elliot asks so like would you want me to <laughs> like touch you you know in that way yeah like he's asking before he starts
1: he was like I'm going to bite you it's going to feel good do you want me to do anything about it
0: yeah Is and basically the good. conversation yeah and Quentin was like yes please <laughs>
1: <laughs> Quentin's like oh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> that sounds top-notch <laughs>
0: they do the thing and it's very good and Elliot gives Quentin a handjob
1: yep portrait of Emmy, you're such a gift to the, to the truly fandom.
0: truly and then they cuddle afterwards which again
1: gift gifts on gifts uh
0: the scene ends with quentin asking can we do it again sometime and elliot is like i think we could arrange that like super happy yeah uh next scene is elliot and quentin wherein quentin finally gets elliot to drink from him for actual sustenance and not just as a snack
1: he's a full meal <laughs> oh my
0: god I,
1: I'll see myself out it's thank <laughs> you
0: <laughs> it's been a few months and the, like the domesticity has begun like Elliot cooks for Quentin a lot and apparently Elliot has not let Quentin blow him <laughs> and Elliot says I don't want to lose control which was the usual pro- protest and Quentin Quentin says Elliot if I'm down on your dick I'm about as far away from your teeth as it's possible for me to be and still be touching you <laughs>
1: And it's like, let's think about this logistically for a hot second, you dumbass, <laughs> please.
0: Which is incredible. Yeah. And so he gives him a blowjob. It's wonderful. I told you um, this was
1: about enthusiastic intent with biting and blowjobs.
0: I know. I, I love it. <laughs> so Quentin has been studying a lot because he has like finals and he's shirked off a lot of his homework because he's been having sexy times with this vampire. Mm-hmm. And so one I of these relatable. days... he, he <laughs> True. Um, one of these days he realizes he left a textbook in Elliot's room and it's like two hours before sunset so he texts elliot like hey if i open the front door right now is anyone gonna accidentally light on fire yeah and elliot says hang on i'll come unlock it but wait a minute or so after you hear me unlock it to open it
1: yeah and so then he goes time to run
0: (laughs) yeah he get he comes in the house and elliot is like in a robe and he's like i forgot my book and he's like, "Oh, okay." And Elliot is like, "Why do you want to hang out?" And then Quentin says, "Well, I don't think we should because you look like you have not eaten. <laughs> You're very pale and very cold." Yeah. And he's like, "That's okay." Uh, he was like, "I was planning on going out to eat, but like we can do something else, and I can go tomorrow." And then Quentin says, "Or you could not put it off till tomorrow." Wink, wink, nudge, nudge and elliot is like i don't know i don't know
1: (laughs) again with this conversation
0: (laughs) but quentin is like come on like i've been eating right you've been feeding me so and like it's been weeks like please and so they do and it's it's excellent Uh it's wonderful there's this thing that keeps happening in the fic where quentin feels how warm elliot becomes after feeding on him yeah and he's like this is me inside you this is my warmth and i was like (laughs) would be creepy in any other context, but yes, I love it.
1: (laughs) You somehow managed to make this not creepy. Well done, Emmy.
0: (laughs) Great job. So that happens. And then we have a scene where Julia and James have asked Quentin to dinner Mm -hmm. in a public place to break the news that they're moving to London because James got a job offer. And so Quentin is like, feels attacked because it's like, they did this in a public place so that I would not freak out. Right. Because Julia knows I would freak out. And so he like has to make the very conscious effort to like not freak out. And James is like, see, I told you he wouldn't mm-hmm. freak out and Julia is like Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. There's a, um, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's a very interesting thing in fan fiction to me, and I'm not going to go too crazy into it, where there's kind of two interpretations of Julia, where one is the, like, really dedicated best friend who, like, does her best and is, like, there for Q the whole way, and then there's the interpretation of Julia, which I think is more authentic and more complicated, where it's like, yes, she is Quentin's best friend, but she often does not do what is best for Quentin, Even though she knows that it is harmful or otherwise, like, problematic. And I think that is a very interesting thing to even just, like, nod to in a fanfiction. Because that is, like, the experience of having friends is that they're not always, like, perfect.
0: I was gonna say. And, like, it's so realistic. Because even in this case, I was wondering, like, well it becomes an interesting thing where you want to be happy about a life change that you're making with your partner but also Mm -hmm. like can't let that stop you like it's 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 a very complicated thing
1: there's nothing wrong with julia making a choice that is best for her yeah but it's also a little shitty of her to spring it on cue in a way that is like that she knows is going to put him in a position of not being able to like process things the way that he needs to process them yeah True. And so it's like that combination of like she's not wrong to do the thing, but how she goes about it is probably not the best, and that is so true to the show.
0: True. So
1: again, that's just like a tiny little detail that it's like so small, but it's one of the things that I really love about the way Emmy writes is that it's like so informed by an understanding of character.
0: Right then we come to the part where julia's like oh and like don't worry about it i've already talked to my parents who own the apartment that her and quentin are living in Mm -hmm. and they said that like they're happy to have you stay you'll just have to probably get a roommate to like cover the cost of rent Mm -hmm. and quentin thinks well like well you're not paying rent so what this means is that your parents have hiked up the rent on me Mm -hmm. which is really shit yeah that was like ow like Mm -hmm. sure let's kick him while he's down in public yeah yeah Yep. yep There it is. So that sucks. And so Quentin has a depressive episode where he does not get out of bed for like four days or something like that, is not eating, doesn't shower, does not have the energy to like text Elliot back about anything. And Elliot is like constantly texting. He's like, Penny's insisting on a boys' night. Help. What does this mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, what? <laughs> and then later he texts again with a picture of him and Penny at the movies and saying, We're watching an action movie. Apparently, I'm not supposed to acknowledge that the cars are allegories for dicks. <laughs> which is funny yep. so quentin eventually like his phone is dead and he has nothing to do and he's like i need to eat something he's like okay what can i make and he's like cereal cereal is two steps literally pour cereal pour milk and he's like okay i can do that and it gets all his energy goes up and puts his phone on the charger like the wireless charging pad and i love that it was emmy's <laughs> was like oh it's literally like the easiest thing to do like he doesn't have to plug anything and he just yep drop it so then he's making some cup of noodles. He's like, "Okay, add water, microwave. I can do that." Yeah. Um and his b- phone keeps buzzing. And the uh, one is from like Julia who sent a fucking meme to the, the group text he has with Julian James, which is like, "Fuck that." Yeah. Also saying that she's not going to be home for the weekend so he's like oh great so i don't have to worry about her walking in on me
1: mm-hmm. which
0: apparently she didn't care anyway because she wasn't checking up on him but that's fine
1: see it's complicated it's i like that it's you know complicated, i I, I am
0: i remember i was very angry when i read this and then i was as i was retelling it i was like oh well you know what human emotions like it's hard to like have a friend mm-hmm. with depression and like know what is the best way to do something with them because sometimes there's not a good way yeah um,
1: being shitty to somebody intentionally or like intentionally doing a thing in a way that like is a little bit manipulative in order to like basically have the best outcome for you is right. pretty shitty like if you know that the way that you're going about it makes it easier for you but harder on them like is that really friendship i don't think so right
0: and so he answers like he responds to that with like a fucking emoji he's like whatever just so she knows i'm not dead yeah. and then he gets a text from a random phone number and it's like pull your head out of your a- out of your twat and answer elliot before i stake him <laughs> <laughs> and quentin's like oh that's margo yep and then he sees all the text messages from elliot which were like follow up on the action movie and then him asking hey is everything all right then 10 hours later he says oh you don't have to speak to me by any means but i would appreciate you letting me know you're safe and then the final one which was sent two hours ago says at the risk of sounding like a possessive and stalking creature of the night i'm going to swing by your building i'm concerned and given that i met you on the verge of death i think i am justified in it however i cannot enter your home without invitation so either stick your head out the window and tell me to fuck off or invite me and i'll be there till sunrise which was brilliant (laughs) i love i love i love a lot of the tropes did not apply to this vampire accept the invitation in. So good. Chef's kiss. Yep. Um, so good. It's still dark out, and so Quentin, of course, like runs to the window and sees uh Elliot hunched over on his porch step of his building. And- stoop. Stoop, thank you. Stoop uh, kid
1: never leaves a stoop. 90s kid reference. <laughs>
0: Quentin like lets him in and no response. <laughs> I'm trying to get through this. I just saw how long a I recording know. is, and I'm like, well. We're back to our own ways.
1: It's fine. I cut. I'll cut. You're gonna cut
0: my Midnight Sun critique again. I am. No, uh-huh. Midnight Sun.
1: <laughs> if, you'll just hear. No, you're gonna cut my Midnight Sun. And then I'm just gonna I'm keep saying
0: it in the and middle of my review. And then people are review. gonna be
1: like, "Wait, there was no Midnight Sun thing. And <laughs> I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, it was redacted."
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just. To, I'm gonna redact that. Redacted. <laughs> incredible um so yeah elliot comes up and sees quentin and quentin bursts into tears no. <laughs> and elliot being the ugh, this was the best like immediately like starts throws out a cup of ramen and starts making like some eggs all while like holding quentin and then makes him eat makes him drink gets him in the shower and then cuddles him to like to sleep and so the, Quentin sleeps. Did you
1: almost say cuddles him to death? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, nope, that's not what happened. But you know what? Not that a bad a way to go. That is a distinct possibility in this, in this fic, but that's not what happened. Not
0: a bad way to go.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So correct. Quentin sleeps for 12 hours and like has this moment where he realizes that <laughs> this is the first time him and Elliot were able to actually sleep together because, you know, Elliot sleeps during the day and like Quentin sleeps at night. So it's like they usually only had overlap yeah. time to spend together. They
1: have Venn diagram time.
0: And so, finally, there he's awake, and Elliot asks, you know, tell me what's wrong, what happened, and Quentin tells him what happened and says, you know, everyone that I care leaves me. And Elliot says, well, you know, I won't. Like, you'll have me, you'll have Margot. And Quentin's like, I, I appreciate it, but, you know, it's like you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And Elliot says something like, well, I, I want to. <laughs> I would like to. Yeah. And it's it's so beautiful. And this is when I started crying. <laughs> And this was when I texted Aaron. What did I text you? I said.
1: Oh, um, the thing that I screenshotted and put on Twitter. Did you? That you don't know about. <laughs> you,
0: <or> I was <laughs> like, when are you going to stop bullying me? When are you going to stop making me cry? Yeah.
1: When will you stop making me feel things and cry? Many exclamation points. Many question
0: marks. Yep. And, that's and I responded.
1: I literally don't remember what I sent you, but never.
0: <laughs> <laughs> accurate. Yep. And so they have this wonderful moment where, where Quentin says, I love you. And Elliot doesn't say it back but rude
1: that's on brand though
0: (laughs) but you like see his face light up with elation and like like excitement and love like you can see it you can feel it so Quentin is like so since I have a place with you will you turn me Mm -hmm. and Elliot's like nope yeah (laughs) but for good reasons he's like because it's a complicated relationship between a sire and a fledgling and like it would change the dynamic of who we are like of you and me and like I, I I don't want to do that like we can find someone else like I I would welcome you gladly into our family, into our life. I would teach you to feed and share blood and laughter in centuries with you. And I was like, (laughs) and then Quentin was like, okay, well, who, but who could? And Elliot says, Margot, like, she's the oldest. She's the strongest of us. And I trust her to do it kindly. Mm -hmm. And the thought, and Quentin loves the thought that Elliot is sharing Margot, who is such an important part of his life Mm -hmm. with Quentin. And of course, in vice versa, so it's so beautiful, and Quentin is like, "Let me think about it for a few years." And it says, "Yeah, definitely think on it." And so that's where the fic ends, essentially. Like they've got time to think. Yep. Oh man, my <laughs>
1: um,
0: absolutely loved it. I adored it. I cried as um, per usual. As per usual, <laughs> true. Um, the only thing I I have that was and it's <laughs> as Aaron so succinctly put it last uh, episode. I don't go here. <laughs> I transferred in. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know that I'm justified in saying this, but I a lot of the fix that I've read from Quelly that you have sent me, so mm-hmm. root but you sow, um, have been about the start of their relationship, and Elliot is always in a position of like. I felt like this didn't have the party boy angle at all, mm-hmm. or if it did, it was it just felt muted to me. Yep. So I felt like the beginning interactions to me, it seemed like Elliot was a little. Um, I thought the dynamic was different than it usually is for quality at fix at the beginning, Mm -hmm. which is not to say it was bad to me. It threw me off. I was like, whoa, this is Mm -hmm. different. And I don't know that I like it. I love it. I adored it, but I don't like change. (laughs) And to me, (laughs) I was like, you would expect the party boy angle to be more prominent because it was in the canon, Mm -hmm. which I understand fan fiction doesn't have to be. I'm just saying I was a little thrown, Mm -hmm. not in a bad way, but that was my only like, I feel like I don't see as much of the party boy devil may care attitude. He was very caring, which I appreciated because I needed.
1: <laughs> You're like, no, it's great. And I love it. I just don't know that I buy it. So I would say that I think this interpretation starts him off closer to where he lands post-Mosaic emotionally. Mm. And What's Mosaic? I'm going to murder you. <laughs>
0: Redacted.
1: Redacted. And uh, so... I'm just not even going to bother to answer that question. (laughs) I think a lot of this, I agree with you. This does not lean on Elliot's early days as more of a partier of like, you know, very sort of devil may care attitude. But I do think that comes from Canon in the sense that like, elliot comes to that place eventually even though the writers probably don't realize that that's what he did that's how (laughs) he played it so and that's where a lot of fan and interpretation lands him post mosaic is that he like realizes that he needs to be more forthcoming with his emotions and he needs to like be better with q and that's where like they move forward a lot and that is very in keeping in the portrait of emmy um fan fiction universe where this version of Elliot is very consistent like totally consistent with the rest of her fix excellent where Elliot is something of a service top and <laughs> yes, yes! And we, stand. we stand We stand a service top we do we love a service top especially a super sweet service top oh uh i'm dying a little bit inside just having to say that word out loud question yes
0: what was the other portrait of Emmy uh fic we've read was this oh it was the mosaic one right it's like it the was one the
1: mosaic the... bondage got one. it
0: <laughs> got and there we go there we go okay great i i i like being able to have some context about it and then, yeah you're right when i think about this in relation to the way we fit together from the first season mm-hmm. when we did our smut tag it, it yeah. is very consistent you're right
1: yep
0: yeah that was my only like thing and I'm not saying it's bad again I it was not bad it's just I now have a standard for what I think Elliot is and it's I have not seen the show I did not like the book um so I feel and like you
1: will not watch the show which and I will it. not absolutely not. you probably shouldn't
0: no <laughs> Well, I would never put myself also I feel like the amount of times I've heard you talk about it I know the show <laughs> I don't need to but other than that it was beautiful I cried I, I loved it I would give it like a 4.5
1: I'll take it yeah. I will I will take that four point five. I mean, I obviously love this fic and I love anything that Emmy writes, but like I will take four point five. I think it's great.
0: Yeah, it's wonderful. Well
1: done. I don't know that this is my favorite of her works. I sure. have other ones that I think rank a little bit higher and I have read everything she's ever written. But I just I mean, there was no other vampire AU for me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> once I fine. once I read it, I was like, This is the one. <laughs> so I sent it. Also, to hark back to last episode a little bit, Evelyn who is a wonderful listener and friend of the podcast? Sent this to oh. us via our Fanrec Google Doc, Yay. along with many others that we are through i promise evelyn i promise we're gonna do it but this was just like completely reconfirmed as the choice for vampire au because it wasn't just me it was like also evelyn sent this and i was like okay excellent if evelyn sent this choice too, like completely irrespective of knowing that we were gonna do vampire use then like i have to send it.
0: agreed
1: wow. so thank you evelyn everyone go check out evelyn's magician's fan art which is incredible and also uh listen to and father and also just like love on evelyn okay they're the best and love on portrait of emmy they're also the best
0: yeah wow. <laughs> this feels like a real family affair almost yeah
1: i mean this is why i love twitter so much it's like i've got all these like weird little like fandomy friends who have just become this like <laughs> tight-knit little community of people it mostly started from all of us being real salty about the show and then we all just decided collectively that we owned the show now and now we just like do all this stuff and just like have a grand old time True. and it honestly is the best thing ever on the internet like i just ignore all the bad internet and i just hang out with my friends,
0: <laughs> I love it. Yay!
1: Right.
0: Another episode, another spooky episode <laughs> in the Bride
1: to Electric Spookaloo. <laughs> do, do, do.
0: That being said, friends, I hope everyone has a good Halloween. Mm-hmm. I know that it looks much different yep. from how it's ever looked, but. I hope everyone is is being safe, is being cautious. I hope you have fun. Yep. But, you know. I
1: hope in between the recording of this episode and the posting of this episode, there are not other giant clusterfuck events that happen. I hope maybe the world skews a little bit better than it has the last couple of weeks, but I don't know that that is a realistic hope, so instead I just hope that everybody is taking care of themselves and each other and being as kind as possible to yourselves and others, and that includes making good decisions regarding, like, social distancing and treating each other with, like, respect by wearing masks and washing your hands and all of those things, because all we can do is take care of each other, like... Clearly no one else is going to take care of us. (laughs) So we take care of us, right? That's like the, the guiding ethos of this moment.
0: Preach. So he does pictures of you guys in costume if you dress up. Oh, my God. Please do. I would love that. I will send Erin a picture of my costume so that she can post it.
1: I love that plan. I can show you. I have some really good pictures of my last year's Halloween costume, which I made a full-on Merida dress outfit. It's It's so so good. And it's on. I'll post that one, too, because that's a good one. So,
0: Erin, where can people find us?
1: You can find us all over the Internet, frankly. I just keep adding us on things (laughs) because I'm like, all right, what if people want this one? So Our
0: OnlyFans is going live soon. Oh, my
1: God. That would be so funny. (laughs) Absolutely not. But that'd be so funny. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Google. We are on Podchaser. We are on Stitcher. We are on Podbean. We might be on other things in between now and when this episode goes live. I don't know. (laughs) Um, We are on Twitter, obviously, is where we are most active, at Ficklist. We are on Tumblr, at theficklistpodcast.tumblr.com, where we are kind of active and then we are on instagram where occasionally i remember to post little like snippet clips of the episodes before they go live but that's the only reason i use it and then we are also on facebook but don't go there (laughs) don't go there looking (laughs) for us because it doesn't it's not a good idea it's a ghost town yep if um, Hale Appelman, you would like to be on this podcast, please email us at theficlist at gmail.com. Also, Dan Levy. Also, anyone else. Also, Hosier. I, I mean, Hosier, Harriet, Portrait of Emmy. I mean, Evelyn. If you if you guys want to be on the podcast, just email us, okay? Like, we have an email. You may as well use it. Drop us, like Evelyn did, and like mine did, and like so other many other people did. Send us your recommendations for fix. We have that fic rec list thing that's pinned on Twitter. And then you can follow along with us on our other Google Doc, which is all of the links to all of the fan fictions that we've read. there's so many ways you can get in touch with us guys. It's insane. <laughs> yeah this is how my brain works. I run an incredible Google Drive for this podcast
0: <laughs> It's true it's it's a work of art
1: yay hey. happy Halloween I almost said you know happy this... I almost said happy pride <laughs>
0: <laughs> Happy Pride too. Happy Pride Electric
1: too your Spookaloo. Spookaloo. Happy Halloween You know what this means though Aaron what
0: It's the most. Wonderful time of the year.
1: Redacted. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Crimis begins now.
1: It, it absolutely does not.
0: Christmas.
1: I incorrectly told you that you could have a pass <laughs> in it's the last I'm, episode. I'm waving it. I regret that I'm decision immediately. <laughs> 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 uh, damn it. <laughs> Happy
0: Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween!
1: Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye.